0: Hello and welcome to the How to Money podcast, a personal finance podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. I'm Kate, your host, and today I'm here with my co-host Susan, and we're going to dive into the topic that everyone's been talking about, the banking royal commission. Just a reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is financial education only. We are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please make your own inquiries and do some research. Remember, It's your money. Take control. Hi, Susan. It's great to have you back on the podcast today.
1: And it's good to be back, Kate.
0: Now, I know you've been following the events of the Banking Royal Commission very closely this year.
1: Yes, rather sad life, isn't it?
0: (laughs) But I can't blame our listeners if not. It's dragged on for the best part of a year, and although scandalous revelations were made regarding certain companies and practices in the financial services sector, it's been a highly political extravaganza. Now, after many, many months, final version of the Royal Commission report has been handed in by Commissioner Hayne. And to start off our conversation today, Susan, I want to talk about what the Banking Royal Commission was and why, why did it need to be conducted?
1: Well, a lot of people felt it needed to be conducted because over the last few years, there have been a run of, let's say, banking scandals in Australia, which has been rather unfortunate. So we can go back to the financial planning scandal with the CBA. That was in 2014 and that was a Senate inquiry and that recommended a Royal Commission. Then we had the Comminsure scandal, you know, where people thought they were being sold insurance. That didn't turn out to be very useful. So that went on. Then we had a number of others and the political will to have a royal commission on one side of politics kept growing and um, political will on the other side gave way so in the end the liberal government did agree to a royal commission into banking and it set its boundaries quite clearly and a fairly tight time frame for royal commission so we've had a number of them in the past and this royal commission was closely followed in the press because it did Asked for the CEOs and boards of all the major financial institutions to front up mm. and be interviewed. And you can listen to those interviews if you'd like. And there's transcripts out there as well. Yeah, and we did,
0: it was a lot of it was live reported on the TV. And you saw some uh, very interesting reactions from the senior management and board members on these large institutions. And some of them reacted as well, you'd hope they'd react very sorry and about what had happened and some some didn't react that way <laughs> there was uh, there was definitely some reactions that the public and the media really didn't like because it showed that they didn't care too much about what was happening
1: yes and um, people just felt that with all these scandals happening why wasn't there any court cases going on why didn't senior executives ever end up in jail um why the regulators and we have a number and the big ones you might have heard of is APRA and ASIC why the regulators weren't doing more to stop these scandals because at the end of the day they affected individual Australians it wasn't just big companies being affected it was individual Australians who might have brought insurance Or taken the advice of a financial planner, or got involved in a mortgage which they unfortunately couldn't pay off.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's why so many Australians were involved in the Royal Commission and were very interested in the results because it affected so many people's lives. And you saw a lot of stories appearing from the Royal Commission because there was over a thousand submissions from the wider community, and stories about how people had lost their homes or been put into inappropriate products and things like that and fees for no service especially that was quite
1: fees for dead clients which is a pretty awful that was uh
0: definitely a headline grabbing um revelation and so this really affects people's lives so i think that's why it became such a human interest story Mm.
1: and it will be followed up of course with the aged care royal commission so um that won't be one that uh you'll probably do on your podcast but it will be something that will get Mm. a lot of headlines too yeah so susan what were some of the key discoveries
0: during the royal commission
1: well there were many and most of them weren't great news stories so perhaps uh, we don't want to seem as bank bashing but because of the way our royal commission is conducted in this case it wasn't trying to find the good stories it was more about finding the bad stories so it is a little litany of bad stories Um, and sometimes clients did aid and abet the situation for example they might want a loan they went to a mortgage broker and the mortgage broker may have said if you alter your income or perhaps revise down your expenses you'll get a bigger loan so Individuals signed off on loan applications and you do have to sign your application you're telling the truth and they signed off that they were telling the truth even though they did lie and often the mortgage brokers also knew they were lying so there were people involved in that cover-up. Then the bank did lend them money. Sometimes mortgage brokers did it without the client's knowledge to get the deal through and of course sometimes banks were not very careful at checking some because mm. traditionally mortgage brokers have been paid by the
0: institution that's lending the money yes. haven't they
1: and and that's the way we're, we're used to it we'll go to a broker and often with financial planners same sort of thing we don't want to put our money up front we want them to do some work for us but we want someone else to pay
0: yeah, and often you've saved up your hard earned money to buy that house, you don't have enough money to then pay a couple of grand or whatever a mortgage broker would cost. So it's been accepted for a long time that the mortgage broker doesn't charge the client and the mortgage broker gets paid from the the lending institution. Or the lending institution.
1: Yeah. So and of course what's what's happened, you as a normal human being you're a mortgage broker you're there to earn some money and if one bank is roughly the same interest as another but one bank gives you better commission or also what we call a, high, a higher trailing commission so they're the amount of money you get year after year why your bank still has your client as a lender so if you've got a choice between two banks you'll go for the one who will give you the higher commission or the higher trailing commission. Mm. So
0: um, it's definitely a conflict of interest there yeah. between the where you're getting your money from as a mm. mortgage broker and the client.
1: Yes. So who does a mortgage broker work for? Mm. Now, you might go... I guess so that's
0: the same question you often have with the real estate agents. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so you'd like to think when you're going, you're asking advice of this man or woman that they're working for you, but... I think we've said in our podcast They've got to put earlier, food on the tables. so Who's paying them? Yeah. And you are always got to be quite clear, you know, and they should be telling you. It's not a secret. Uh, you'd be fairly naive not to know that the person who's paying them is the bank. Yeah. And uh, there, there's
0: no free lunch. And I remember mm-hmm. I was telling someone that the other day and it's it's important to remember that.
1: Mm. And if you want to go to financial planner and don't want to pay the microphone fee, Again, who's paying the financial planner? So yeah. they might be working specifically for a particular bank or a particular managed fund.
0: And, again, yeah, and that often directs them to put you in certain products so they can get paid.
1: Mm. So really, as always, when you're asking people to do a service for you, be quite specific. How are they going to be paid? Mm. And what about insurance? That was
0: quite a big revelation during the commission.
1: Yes, and, and insurance is a really complex thing and it's not mm. something just because you've got a one or two or three degrees that you can understand the insurance. And, you know, I've got caught and many people got caught not because I uh, the insurance company was deliberately trying to mislead you, I hope not, <laughs> but it's just the ins and outs. You think you might have been covered for fire or flood or this hospital or that sort of treatment and it's only when you need it you find out oh I cover this but not that mm. or, that's all of that and it is a very complex thing insurance they've tried to simplify it and you know plain English code but it is something so that's why again we often go to some sort of financial planner mm. or advisor insurance broker to say I want insurance that will cover me for this this and this please tell me which is the best insurance yeah and it was clients
0: were getting sold insurances that didn't actually fulfill their requirements
1: no no and uh, sort of sounded good on paper and it was cheap so you chose it oh yes that's cheaper than the other one but of course when you needed it the fine print didn't cover
0: you yeah mm.
1: and, and some of them have actually gone now you you ring up to renew and they go, oh we don't have that insurance product anymore and that's because they've realized they're maybe in a little bit um, pushing the envelope and they've removed them off their list of insurance uh, products so if you do have any sort of insurance it's always good to review every year and if there's you, free comparison sites oh, online where you can
0: yep. review this without having to pay for someone now remember do who's paying for
1: that yes so again the insurance company up there is paying the comparison site. Mm. They don't they don't do that for free. It might appear to be free, but no, they are getting money. That's why there's so many of them out there. Yes.
0: And there are even listed comparison sites. So there's definitely some money out there. Yeah.
1: And remember when you see a range, you might go, Oh, that looks really good. They do not list every insurance company. Some companies won't pay mm to be on that site. They might say, oh, the commission's too much or I don't like their, their philosophy or there's too many other competing products or I'll be on that comparison site but not that one. So you've got to be quite careful. Again, you might think you're seeing all, you know, a 100 different products in the market, but you have seen a limited number.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good point to remember. And one of the other key discoveries during the commission was financial institutions charging fees for no service actually being
1: provided yeah you might have signed away oh yes i'll have an annual review and it's you know five hundred dollars every year and you've signed that and of course you don't remember or it automatically gets charged like a debit to your account and and bang you you get caught on that treadmill and yeah um, and some of
0: this was just human error and laziness by the mm -hmm. institution themselves and sometimes it was just set in by the computer system, and yep. then no one ever checked it or reviewed yep.
1: it. Yep. I've been trying to get rid of the, a duplicate statement fee at a bank I went to, and I said, can you explain how this fee started? It's been going on for months. And I tried to ring up and cancel it, and I couldn't. So I finally went into a bank branch, which I don't do very often, and they just said, oh, it's there. And I said, yes, but when or how has it started? Did I ask for it? Did someone ask for it? What's the record? And they said, oh, we can't tell you that. It's so just there. It's just, just magic, there. Magic computer and stuff. And then, you know, over, you know, a fee, it might be small, but every every month for years does add up. And um, and they get out of it by saying, oh, there's no record. Um, I have managed to stop that fee. <laughs> That's but, good. You know, Kate, the saddest thing for me in all this Royal Commission is not that people stuffed up and got the computer programs wrong or gave out the wrong advice, but when management was told and boards were told that things were wrong or risky or really going against the law or the grain of the law or not helping their clients, that they didn't immediately stop what they were doing and take action to remediate the problem. You know, or they didn't own up straight away to ASIC and say we've we've breached something, um, we've not been straight and fair with the client, and and that's a sort of sad thing to think the Australian management did behave like that, and hopefully going forward, Australian managers will learn from this. We can only hope, and they'll, you know, when they things do go wrong and people do get out of hand and do the wrong thing. They will take action. They won't wait to be caught. They'll take action and remediate, you know, straight away, not wait for a regulator to tell them Mm. what's the right thing to do.
0: We don't want to have another banking royal commission anytime soon.
1: No, but it's really and a lot of um, other corporates have taken the learnings from this. Ouch! And there's a very uh, informative report they did on the CBA anti-money laundering scandal. Um, that's that's there on the upper website, and you know that's applicable to all boards and senior management. That if you're involved in that area, is well worth reading. So at
0: the end of all this, Commissioner Kenneth Hayne presented the government with 76 recommendations following the Banking Royal Commission in a three-volume report. And the government has said that they are planning to implement all but one of those recommendations. Now, timeframe is yet to be seen and uh, it'll be a while before we see some of this actioned and implemented. But the one they did mention they're not going to implement straight away is the one affecting the mortgage industry that we sort of slightly touched on earlier where the client does not pay the mortgage broker to provide the service.
1: Yes, that's what Ken Hayne recommended, that home loan customers should foot their own bill for the fee, not the bank. Um, and it sort of sounds good in principle, but most of us are not going to want to do that. And if we're in the city, we can shop around, we'll get online, we can walk into a, a couple of different um, mortgage bro- uh, mortgage lenders themselves not the broker but going to a couple of banks or non-bank financial institutions and ask them but think about the people in the country they, they hardly have a bank let alone anyone else so it's going to be much harder for them to do all this online and compare um, you know who they can use so brokers really did help especially the millennials, the time-poor people and the people living in more remote areas of Australia. And, and I'm not talking really remote. You can even be, you know, in a fairly major town and not always have a lot of choice.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely you... The average consumer does not know, oh, like I wouldn't, all the mm. abilities where you can get finance online. I, I mean, I'd know my big four banks and a few other of the small yeah. institutions, but when comparing home loans you really want to be able to shop around and look at all your options so you're getting the best deal for you
1: so actually if you go ahead with that what we have discussed within the banking community is that if you get rid of mortgage brokers it will actually help the big four it will help them dominate so the community-owned banking um, organizations out there which are many rely on brokers to get their name out there. So all the ones that you don't have branches, that you don't see, use brokers. Yeah, and some, there's even online-only
0: mm. um, mortgage-broking firm. And there's
1: a lot of online coming up. So to get more of a choice, which what the government wants, it wants you to have choice. Yeah, and increase competition in the sector. Yep, and um, that's what the brokers and some of these smaller players have been doing, offering these really great loans out there and brokers again like in insurance brokers they've helped translate things for you you know this loan can do this but this loan will do that but you may want this loan to do something else otherwise you just walk in there and think well, a home loans a very standard item but there's yeah, actually well, many offsets variations
0: and redraws it can get very complex yeah and you want mm.
1: fixed and floating and variable and particles. I guess a good
0: thing that came out of the report is recommending that uh, mortgage brokers are very transparent on who they are getting commissions from and mm-hmm. who they're acting on behalf of. But it'll be very interesting to see um, what does happen with the the mortgage industry because uh, I think the government's quite divided at the moment on on that that particular recommendation. Mm. Um, and one of the other really interesting, well, probably not interesting, but uh, the key a key recommendation was more oversight of the regulators so ASIC the Australian Securities and Investment Commission and APRA the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority, Authority. Um, they're going to have greater oversight with the creation of an independently chaired body that yeah. will essentially be ensuring that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing
1: yeah so they're being beefed up their powers and being told, you know, to take action, to go to court, not just have a fireside yeah. chat. And when they've, they've been seen... given a lot more funding. Yeah, so not just calling out people, but actually taking them to court. And so this all ties up with another bit of legislation called Bear Banking Executive Accountability Regime. Sort of. So who is responsible for the product? If the product's been missold, who is going to take responsibility? Mm. If the product's been, um, once you've sold it, it's not properly followed through, if it's not properly closed out, who takes all that responsibility? Um, and if you've got um, is your um, customer service team are mis-selling a product, so you've got a good product, but they're um, misrepresenting it to clients. Who's going to take responsibility for that? So rather than the banks just saying, oh, we're really sorry, we made a mistake, there are now going to be the general opinion is that there will be very clear accountability and the regular will, regulators will take action.
0: I mean, it's a bit of a funny concept, a regulator regulating the regulator. Yeah. Who's regulated by the government.
1: Yeah, but they're an independent body. Yes. They're an independent yes. body. Uh, And don't forget, we've got the RBA, which sits outside that. The Reserve Bank of Australia. Yes. yes. So, again, another independent body that were part of the Financial Sector Advisory Council, how that is now being disbanded. So I'm not quite sure I've got the name of this new independent body, but it is going to report at least twice a year to the Minister on the regulator's performance. Well, it'll be very interesting to see if a regulator...
0: Regulating the regulator does uh, have a good impact or not. Mm. Well,
1: wait and watch.
0: Yeah. So I guess in now after following all this, it's not really accepted anymore that financial institutions and advisors and mortgage brokers automatically have your best interests at heart. And you've really – I think you really have to be critical nowadays in when you go and see someone, um, who are they working for? If it's not costing you anything – Why is it not costing you anything? And just be aware of that. Mm. And it might be suitable for your circumstances, but just work out why, how they're getting paid essentially and how they're putting food on the table.
1: And also you have a choice. Now, Mm. you know, the banks that were called out were the big four and a couple of the other large fund managers. But as I said, a lot of the community-owned banking were totally exonerated. They didn't do anything wrong. They weren't... uh, brought out in any of these uh, reports and they're sitting there doing their business lending to people across Australia so you really should go and look at some of these organizations yes yeah, so- even though the big four own about 80% of the assets <laughs> in Australia yes. it's about you know a good 60 or 70 banks and um, a lot of them converting into banks so they have banking their title credit unions and a few mortgage societies left. So do go and have a look at them. They do home loans. They do credit cards. They do yeah. You know, use all Use this
0: opportunity to sort of compare and check mm. some of the other options out there that might not be the big household names, but there's a lot mm. of really viable options that mm. are offering. I've, really I've great seen rates. Some, yeah, great interest rates, um, great interest. both on home loans and savings accounts. So mm,
1: They do car loans and personal yeah. loans and all that regular stuff.
0: Yeah, and definitely check the fees, and I think this is a, a big reminder that check the accounts, any accounts you have, whether it be a super account, a, um, a, a savings tra- account, a credit account. card, but check uh, what fees you are paying. And mm-hmm. are you? do you know about that fee? Do yeah. you know what it's for? Yeah. Uh, are you paying multiple? Are you, have you got a duplicate fee? Or yeah. are you paying a fee for a service you're not receiving? this is a good opportunity for you to actually have a look and make sure you're, you're getting what you're paying for.
1: And what's the other thing going around? You you um, cancel your credit card and see what fees you're paying. Yes.
0: that's uh, Someone said the other day um, they cancel their credit card every single year just so they uh, work out what direct debits they've got going on there. Because suddenly all these companies that are just regularly taking the direct debit yeah. every month, suddenly they send you emails or they call you because your credit card's not working so and you've
1: forgotten your paying a monthly fee for that app on your yes. phone or that app on your ipad and um, there's many other monthly fees that you can end up paying and you forget about so you know it really is again we do get complacent
0: yeah definitely now i've included some great uh, links to summaries of the royal commission in the show notes uh, because it does go a lot more in depth, and if you actually are interested in, I mean, looking through all seventy six recommendations, um, I've, I've skimmed through them, but I definitely haven't sort of read the whole volume. Uh, I have included those in the show notes below, so if you are interested, definitely check them out. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback following this episode, feel free to get in touch with us uh, at How To Money Australia on Twitter and Instagram. And Also, www.howtomoney.online.
1: Oh, can I mention one more thing? Yes. The banks are remediating fees at the moment, so you may get an odd fee repaid back into your bank account. Mm. Now, if that's the case, great. You can always ring them up and say, what is that for? Or if you believe you are owed something that, you know, they've miscalculated in the past or you've had a query with and didn't like the response, now is the time to get Mm. back onto customer service and believe I think you owe me something um, and see what's going on because there's been a lot of reworking at the moment about remediation of fees. Yeah. Now, Susan, I think we better wrap it up there, but thanks for joining me on
0: the How To Money podcast today. Thanks, Kate. You've been listening to the How To Money podcast.